Okay, good morning again. And I want us to think about this, that there is so much more to the Christian life than just avoiding sin, stop doing bad stuff, hope for the best for our future and our eternity. It is so much more than that. This Christian life is, a, is intended to be that we live a life of purpose in the here and now while we wait expectantly and for the future that we have of an eternity with God. But it is so much more than just this avoidance of sin and a hope that we go to heaven one day. There's a mission. There's a prize. And in this passage we'll look at today, there's also a crop or a yield. We bear fruit. And so this is all of that. And all of that is worth the risk. This whole series, worth the risk. It's worth the risk to be pursuing what God is putting before us, the mission that he has for us. And it is worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. So I want to read this passage that you see here, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7, as we get into it today. We, we did last week, if you remember, uh, we talked through the very end of chapter 1 and talking about not being ashamed of the gospel, but supporting this movement of the good news of Jesus. And then in 2 Timothy 2, verse 1, we get here, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Timothy, my dear son. So remember, this is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy, my dear son, be strong. Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. So as you are in this, on this mission, as you are to be not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus and you're going to go pursue that, he says to him to be strong. But how should he be strong? He says, be strong through the grace of Jesus. That it is the grace of Jesus that will strengthen us to be able to live this out. It's not just about our own uh, good works, our own perfection, our own smarts, our own uh, ability to be able to engage with people. It's not about any of that. It says, be strong through the grace of Jesus. And it is God's grace. As we understand more and more and internalize the grace of God, that will give us courage. That will help us understand that it is a beautiful message of grace that we take to people. It's a message of grace, of mercy that we don't deserve, but God gives it to us anyway. And that's awesome. It's a, it's a wonderful, beautiful message that we have the ability to give, and we are to be strong in that grace and through that grace. And then it keeps going, verse 2. He says, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. But then he says, verse 3, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. So there is a mission, like a soldier is on a mission. There is a prize, like an athlete is after a prize. And there is a crop 
like a farmer is after this crop, this yield, this fruit. And all that God says, he explains it all to you here. So we are in this very interesting passage with these analogies. We're like a soldier, an athlete, or a farmer. (laughs) And with all of that, we are after and we are on this mission that he details in verse 2. So in verse 2, just again, he says, You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Even the same author, uh, Paul's the author of this letter. He also wrote a letter called 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians 15, he explains basically the gospel, the good news of Jesus, of how Jesus died on the cross, but then he rose again, came back to life again in power on the third day, and then appeared to all these different people. Over 500 people witnessed him alive again. And so when he says this, you've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses, he's saying this, I'm teaching the resurrection. I'm teaching that Jesus is God, and he is God in the flesh who then lived that perfect life that none of us could live and that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the consequence of that is death. And so he, God in human form, Jesus went upon the cross to take that consequence upon himself for us. He died and then on the third day rose again. And as he rose again, he came in victory and power and defeated sin and he defeated death. And that is this message. That is what has been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. And then he says in the next line, Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And so we as disciples, followers of Jesus, we are to make disciples who make disciples. The the Great Commission is that we are to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We'll have the privilege in a little bit to celebrate in some people's baptisms today as they obey the Word of God and fulfill the Great Commission here today. And uh, it's exciting, and we're looking forward to that. But that is what we are all on, this mission to, what I would say here, just to understand disciples in, in different terms, but we are growing followers of Jesus who are growing followers of Jesus. It's not just we become a follower of Jesus and then we get to enjoy that, enjoy all the gifts of that, the peace, the grace, the mercy, the uh, sense of purpose in this life, the power of the Holy Spirit in us, helping us in those hard times, God's presence with us. We don't just kind of enjoy all of that and then just sit there with it, that we are called to then, he says, entrust it to faithful people who will then pass it on to others. So that we are growing followers of Jesus who 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 are growing followers of Jesus. I won't read it anymore. But I like doing this. It's something I do like when I'm like super excited in the email is I'll do like a million exclamation points and then I'll copy paste it so it does like a ton more. And then I'll like copy paste that and then just keep going so it's like 500 pages of exclamation points on an email. And that's like when I'm super excited about something. And that's how I feel like this, okay? That this is the cycle this is supposed to be on. That we are growing followers of Jesus who are passing that on and passing that on because it went from Paul to Timothy to trustworthy people who are passing it on to others. It's this cycle is going that we have to be passing on what we have been so blessed 
to experience. And then he goes into these analogies, right? He says, all right, you're supposed to be like a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. Now, hopefully, I think like any analogy, like or a list of a few, you can relate to some of them. You'll probably relate to some more than others. Um, but I think it's all very interesting. So he says you should be like a soldier, like a soldier who is on a mission. And a soldier who's on a mission is focused on the mission and what their commanding officer has given them to do. And so we look again at these verses. It says, endure suffering along with me, he says. So Paul's saying, hey, look, I'm suffering. Endure suffering with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For they cannot, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. So we're to be like soldiers who are on a mission. Now, within that, we're to suffer hardship, it says, like a soldier. But it's not just suffering for suffering's sake, or it's not just to endure when things are hard, like get through the hard time. No, it's it's more of to take, says to take part in his suffering, to enter into this, to recognize that together we're going to enter into something that is hard. And like you would think about soldiers who are on mission, that in that battle there's going to be fear, there's going to be heartbreak, there's going to be exhaustion, there's going to be horrors, there's going to be struggle, right? All of that going in, but there is this unity of this band of brothers, right, together that are moving forward on that mission, knowing that it's going to be hard, knowing that it's going to experience some of the, the hardest times of life, but saying we are focused on the goal, we are focused on the mission, and we are focused on the one who has sent us. And so when we think in Hebrews, when it says, fix your eyes on Jesus— we fix our eyes on that commanding officer who has sent us out into the world, knowing we'll experience these hard things. But we have to say, okay, the everyday stuff, we can't let that entangle us. We all have everyday stuff. We've all got the regular affairs of quote-unquote civilian life that it says here. But we're, we're supposed to like... To know that, hey, we all have kids to care for, businesses to run, studies to do, homework to get finished, all of that. It's kind of like, do you guys remember that kid's book, Everyone Poops? Do you remember that? I love that. was one of my favorite books. Uh, Everyone Poops. It just showed all these different animals pooping. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and it just said everyone poops. And I think it's like the ultimate everyday affair, like the affairs of everyday life. And some of you might be saying, I'm hoping it's everyday. But, you know, like it's, you know, we're, we're doing all we can. Uh, but... Like, that's like the affairs of everyday life, and everyone does that. Everyone poops, but that's not our mission. <laughs> we all do that. It's something that happens all the time, but that's not what our focus is on, of course. Our focus is not on the everyday things. Our focus is on the mission that God has given us. And we are like that band of brothers. I like, um, I love this, uh, it was, it's a TV miniseries called Band of Brothers, and Maybe if you just saw, like, the Friends reunion this week, you're confused as you look on the screen. That is not Ross from Friends. That is a guy named Lieutenant Sobel, who was the, like, cruel 
unnecessarily mean, not like in the cool, like good drill sergeant sort of way uh, where, where he's hard on his men. He's unnecessarily uh, mean and petty and isn't excited about their success. He only cares about himself. And so then he is leading this group called Easy Company as they are in their training. Easy Company was a, a part of an airborne division that is going to go and on D-Day parachute into France and into that war. And so they're preparing, and as they're preparing, they've got this commander, this commanding officer that's, that's just awful, awful, awful to them. And they'd have to run this hill, and this is this fine, there's a hill called Curahy. Three miles up, three miles down, sometimes they would do it like this, sometimes they'd do it fully uh, with all of their gear all, all on them. And there came this one point where uh, he, this guy, Lieutenant Sobel, just very, it felt like unnecessarily and just cruelly made one guy, after they had this great celebration of just doing, everybody's doing everything right, and then he just sends this one guy, has to go up and run Curahy again, three miles up, three miles down, in all of his gear. And what you see then in the, the, the scene is he's running by himself up this hill, and then all of a sudden you see then another guy kind of enters the picture and then another guy enters the picture. Was only, he was the only one that was supposed to run it. But they all join in until eventually all of Easy Company is running together. And it was almost like it made Lieutenant Sobel mad that they were coming together in this awesome band of brothers kind of way. Is the horrible leader he was. But recognizing that um, there was another guy uh, named Lieutenant Winters at the time who then uh, eventually became their primary leader. Because he was the one that was with them in that and was running it with them and was in on the, the suffering together, recognizing we are going to suffer together because we're focused on the mission and we stay focused on the mission that God has given us. And so we're going to do this with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we're on mission together and we need to be on that mission and keep our eyes fixed on our commander, on Jesus, and then on the mission that he has given us. You know, this is Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. And uh, it was not by, uh, you know, we, like I told you, we sort of, uh, we moved some things around so that passage on moms would fit on Mother's Day. This one just dropped today with a whole thing about a soldier, a whole reference to a soldier here on Memorial Day uh, weekend. And I just felt like, okay, well, this feels like the right time to say that we are grateful for us having the freedom to have a moment like this in a service that we can worship together, we can pray together freely and openly, um, and in large part because of the sacrifice of so many people who have given their lives in service in the military for our country. And Memorial Day, yeah, amen, amen. Amen. And so I want to just take a moment, and I want to pray, and I just I want to ask if you are someone who has lost a friend or a loved one in military service, if you just simply just raise your hand, and we want to just recognize that and pray for you, and pray for God's blessing and comfort for you, and for the continued fruit of the sacrifice that was made by those people that you love. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this country that we are blessed to live in. 
Lord, we thank you for the freedoms that we have. Lord, I pray that we would, uh, I pray that we would do right with the sacrifice, with this gift that was given to us, God, that we would carry it on well. Lord, I pray and thank you for the sacrifice of so many people in service to this country, giving their very lives. So, Lord, I pray that that would bear fruit, God, for continued freedoms, for the, even for the gospel to be continued to be spread here and around the world, Lord. And I pray for those that raise their hand in this room today. We thank you for um, the service of those loved ones that gave their lives, and we pray your comfort upon them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Um, so we recognize that we are like soldiers on a mission. So we learn from these soldiers that have given all, that have gone on mission for this country, and we say, okay, we, we don't go out and fight people for the gospel, but we go out with that mindset of being like a soldier on a mission. We also go out with this mindset of like being an athlete who is after a prize. Athletes are competing to win, right? And it says here in 2 Timothy 2.5, it says uh, we're to think like athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules, it says. All right, interesting. That's all it says. It doesn't say anything else. It doesn't talk about how these athletes are supposed to, you know, train really hard or work out a lot or whatever. It doesn't say like, you know, just be really pumped up on game day. You know, it just says athletes should follow the rules. So recognizing though here that these athletes are after a prize. And um, now it says we're to play according to the rules. These, these rules, like, I, I don't know, it's just sort of interesting to me, just kind of stepping back and thinking that that's all it says. And even I think with a lot of people in our day and age, the, the mindset of an athlete to win the prize is more about do whatever it takes, either break the rules and don't get caught or get as close to breaking the rules as you can, with, you know, without crossing that line so that you can win and dominate the other. Like that tends to be kind of more of the mindset now. I remember I used to listen to this uh, sports radio guy, Jim Rome, and he would always say, if you don't cheat, you're not trying hard enough, you know, and you're just like, man, that is like an awful way of thinking about life and the world. That is the opposite way of this sort of thinking. It is definitely not saying that. It is saying that an athlete is to compete according to the rules. And so these rules for us, what does that include? It can, I think it can include anything in the scriptures. The scriptures that we have here, God's words to us about how we live our lives for him. What's beautiful is that you can think about this as a book of rules, which I really hope you don't. I hope you think of it as the story of God and the story of God and his people. And, and it's just an incredible, beautiful story of God's redemption of his people and the future that we have with him. But even within this, yeah, there's a ton of different guidelines and rules and laws and thoughts of how we can live our lives and how we must live our lives for God. But what's amazing is all these rules are, are intended for us to then be able to live the best life. It's like God thinking about, this is what is my best for you. I want you to live in this way because it is for your good. And so we think about following these rules to, and some of these rules could be to share in suffering, to put the gospel first, to not be ashamed of the gospel, to not be distracted by other things of everyday life, to not just live for self, to not preach a false gospel of works, 
but a gospel of grace. There's so much, and then so much about how we can live in these sins that will bring us down to destruction. But God says, I have a way for you of life, a way for your good. And so God's law should help us flourish. But when we break the rules in sports, we get disqualified, right? When we break the rules, we can get disqualified. Uh, an athlete that's running this race, if they leave too soon, they, are, they can be disqualified, right? And so what we want to not, we don't want to be disqualified. We want to stay in the game. And so God's saying, hey, I've given you these, these guidelines. I've given you these rules so that you can stay in the game. And this is what I have for you. As you are on mission for me, this will help you to stay in the game. It's not even like about like salvation or something. It's saying, look, I've given you a purpose. I've given you a mission to be on, to spread this good news of, of, of me, of who I am, God says, to the world. And if you don't follow the rules, you're going to be kicked out of the game. And then you're not doing any good. You're not on any mission if you're disqualified. So stay in the game. Stay on, on task. Stay on mission like a soldier, like an athlete. And then finally, he says, like a farmer. And I'm sure you all can relate to this, right? Everyday life. Uh, we might have a couple of farmers out there. I actually know we, had, uh, we have a, a raisin farmer out there and who is awesome. Uh, and who moved from the Fresno area, of course. And so like, there's people that can understand this better better than others, right? But uh, we think about being a farmer. Farmers work hard, and that's what it says, 2 Timothy 2, 6. And hard-working farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. So when we are on this mission for God, we are like a hard-working farmer, and we'll get to enjoy the fruit of that labor, of that mission for the gospel. So like a farmer, you're reaping a crop. Lots of biblical uh, allusions to bearing fruit, right? I think that's kind of more what we're maybe used to saying rather than reaping a crop, although it's the same thing. We're bearing fruit. We're reaping a crop. We're, we, there's a yield. Like there is um, provision from God through the hard work that we do. And so when you are working hard like a farmer, you'll receive the blessing of the gospel being received by those you're reaching out to. That's the mission. As you're reaching out with the gospel, you have that awesome blessing of, of joining in on that. As you're walking someone through that, that's such an incredible yield. It's such an incredible blessing to be able to be part of all of that. Now, think about farmers. Like, so this whole thing of getting to have like the first of it, right? The first taste of that crop. Uh, it's kind of like for me, I, can, like, I don't really do a lot of farming, but um, I, I, do, I love cooking. I enjoy cooking. Um, I think about it in this way, like when I'm cooking, to me the best, absolute best part of any meal is the part where I'm in the kitchen and let's say I'm slicing that steak or I'm slicing the chicken or whatever that is and I'm, I'm cutting that and it's that it just... It's just come off, it's rested a little bit, and I'm slicing it, and then I take that one little bit, right, that end bit, and I get to eat that right there standing in the kitchen while it's firing hot still. That's the best bite of the entire meal. Nothing else is as good as that bite that I'm having in the kitchen at that moment. Now I'm excited for everyone to eat the rest of it too, and I still will be, but that's the best part. And so that's kind of what I think of it like. Like you're, you, the, the hardworking farmer should get to enjoy the best part of that. 
Uh, my daughter Ella's got like a little uh, strawberry uh, patch in our vegetable garden in the backyard. And she's the one that did the work to plant those plants and all of that. And she, like, like in our family, if somebody else went out there and ate the first strawberry that turns red, like, no way, man. You are going to be, you know, you'll be strike down. <laughs> and, and so, no, it's like she deserves that, right? The hardworking farmer deserves the first of all that. So just in that way, these farmers work hard. And then there's a lot of, like, then you have to wait. There's still some work that's going on, but there's a lot of waiting. And then there's hard work again. There's hard work at the beginning. There's a little, maybe a little bit of lighter work in the middle. And then hard work at the end. And it's in that waiting where God is moving. God is working. And so you think on this mission for the gospel, there's this time where you're saying, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my part, and I'm going to wait on you, Lord. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bold and I'm going to do my part again, right? Like you've planted a seed for the gospel in someone. And then you're kind of tending and you're, 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 you're still part of it, but you're kind of maybe you're, you're like letting go a little bit, allowing the spirit to work. But then it's like another bold step of saying, of, of like saying, okay, do you want to receive Christ, right? Like taking someone to that next step. And that's how I see this, like in that way, like a farmer, recognizing that God does the work but we have a role in it as well. Farmers don't get to, like, don't somehow magically make these crops grow up from seeds. God does that. But they have a role in it that if they're not there, that work's not happening. So I think that's how we can think of this when we think about our mission for the gospel. Like a soldier whose eyes are fixed on Christ and the mission that God has given us. Like an athlete who obeys like, who plays according to the rules so we're not disqualified and can stay on mission. And like a farmer who works hard but recognizes what God is doing, the miracle, the miraculous work that God is doing, but that he has called us to play a part in it. That's what this passage is talking about. It's encouraging us to be on mission for God. And then I love this last, very last verse as we kind of close this section up. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. <laughs> you know, it's just like, think about it. You don't get it? If you don't understand what I'm saying, if you didn't understand the way I put this all to you, well, think about it and ask God to speak to you. God, check it, will help you understand all these things. God will help you. God's voice will speak to you. As God's voice speaks to you, listen. Have an ear that is listening for the voice of God in your life, speaking to you, helping you understand his word. There's a lot of parts in the Bible that we don't understand. So think about it. And then God will help you understand it. Pray, ask God, and listen. I think that's just an awesome, important lesson, you know, by itself. We could just preach on that one verse alone the entire time. But we have to have a, a heart and a mindset to listen to God in prayer for how we should understand and how we should act upon what we hear in his word on any day. But then especially now, because that's where we're at. We're here and we're in the here and now. So listen. I just want to, like, give us... 30, 60 seconds, just quiet, and just listen and say, God, what do you have for me? How can I understand this passage more today? Let's be quiet, and then I'll pray for us and lead us into our next thing we're doing here. Let's be, let's be silent before the Lord.
Heavenly Father, we want to hear from you. I pray that you'd help each one of us to remember to take some more time. I know I need a little bit more time for my mind to settle, for me to hear from you, God. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each person here in this room. I pray in the name of Jesus that we would have, as you say, eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that your Holy Spirit would give us understanding of your word. And I pray, Lord, that then you would turn that into action, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would know we are on mission to grow disciples who are growing disciples, who are growing disciples, who are growing disciples. God, I pray for that. I pray for that fruit in our church. I pray for that victory, God, that prize. Lord, I pray for that. And I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would use each one of us to do that. Lord, that we'd have that mindset of the soldier, athlete, farmer, God. Lord, that we would be completely focused on what you have called us to do. And Lord, I pray that we would show and express your love and your grace to the people that we encounter each day. May they know you as they see us, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.